Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guests. Why don't you introduce us to yourself? Hi, I'm Alexandria. Awesome. It's great to have you here today. And now why don't you tell us a little bit about what high demand religion or cult you left behind? I was raised in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Now, what made you want to leave Seventh-day Adventist? Well, there was a lot that kind of played into it. I was born and raised in the church. And as I just started getting older, I started seeing things that just didn't add up. And the church always said that they followed the Bible explicitly. But when I started actually reading the Bible and comparing them to what the church was saying, just things weren't adding up and things weren't making sense. And I guess long story short, I just decided it was not for me. And now how long ago was it that you left? I probably mentally left around 16 or 17 And then I actually had my name removed from the books. I think I was 19 or 20. Okay. And then was that like a few years ago or just recently that you had your name removed? 29 now. So it was quite a while ago. Okay. And now you're only the second Seventh-day Adventist I've talked to, but the first one I talked to on here that has had their name removed the other one she tried to get her name removed but she got the runaround how hard for you was it to get your name removed it was pretty much the same experience I kept telling the pastor of the church I was at that I you know I didn't believe in the things they were teaching and I wanted to leave and they wanted to study with me and they wanted to pray with me and it was just almost impossible to leave. And I felt like I was going to get shamed for leaving and I was letting people down. And so finally, um, I just quit going to church and I just sent a formal letter telling them I want my name removed and I never heard anything. So that was that. Oh, okay. So you didn't get like any kind of confirmation that it was for sure removed? Nope. All I know, it could still be on there. (laughs) Well, you're free. That's all that matters. So (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, the other person I talked to, yeah, she had that runaround. And I can, I as an ex-Mormon, I can feel your pain. Yeah, it was very frustrating because I didn't want to study because they were really just trying to study me in to stay. And I didn't want to stay. I knew what they were teaching was wrong. And it just felt like a vice grip. The further I wanted to go, the more I wanted to leave, the more they tried to get me to stay. And I didn't like that. So now, what are the three most problematic teachings in the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Well, I guess the first one would be with their prophet. Her name is Ellen White. She came about during the spiritual revival, like back in the 1800s. And I guess her history is that when she was a child, she was like brutally hit in the head with a rock by another child. And she ended up being pretty much comatose and really ill for a long, long time. After that, when she came out of her coma, she started having visions and writing books and was one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. When I got older, I started to realize, was like, why is a religion, you know, like they, they hold her up again, like up with the Bible, like they would preach from the Bible. And also preach from her writings. 
And I didn't like that. I'm like, why is a human being held up with God like that? I didn't feel like that was right. And so as I got older, I started doing research and I was like, what actually was wrong? She got hit in the forehead with a rock. And as we know now, science, you get hit in the forehead, you're going to have some behavioral issues, seizures, that sort of thing. And so what I believe and what a lot of people believe is that her her visions and different things from God were actually seizures. And obviously that totally discredits everything that she said. Yeah, the other person who came on, she's like, yeah, she had a TBI. It's like it wasn't visions. It was a traumatic brain injury. Like, yeah, yeah it kind of sounds like it. Yeah, it definitely does. And a lot of the things that she wrote were just some of them were just bizarre. And the things that now you look at it and it's like, that doesn't make sense. Or it was sensationalized because back in the 1800s, it was all this revival stuff and like superstitious based. And looking at it now, it's like, what, like, what was that? What, where did this even come from? So now for me, when the other person came on and was talking to me, it was so strange for me that Seventh-day Adventists, they're very much a patriarchal religion, but it was founded by a woman. So for you, how is it trying to like deal with that cognitive dissonance? It's crazy because especially like for one thing, the Seventh-day Adventist church is profoundly against like women in like high leadership positions. So no women pastors. I think the highest they could go is like a deaconess. But on the flip side, it's like their prophet was a woman. So it didn't make any sense to me. It was like very, it was very hypocritical and double standard. And now for you, how was it having to deal with growing up as a teen in the Seventh-day Adventist church? Frankly, it was horrible. I was homeschooled all the way through. So that also isolated me as well as being in a church that kind of isolates themselves. My friends obviously didn't understand that like I couldn't go places on Saturday or Friday nights. I missed out on a lot of things. I wanted to take dance classes. I wanted to take acting classes. I, you know, wanted to go to my friend's house and just hang out. These are my friends obviously outside of the church from my homeschool group that I was in. And I couldn't do any of that. Even like musicals and stuff that I was in in my homeschool group. If they were on a Friday night, which is sacred in the Seventh-day Adventist church, I couldn't do it. And I felt so lonely and so isolated. And I really just started to resent the church and resent my parents and resent the pastor and just everybody because I didn't get it. I was like, if this church is supposed to be like God's church and the only church and we're supposed to be happy and we're doing all this stuff for him why am I so miserable? Because I was just totally and completely miserable. Yeah, that would make it hard because especially most other Christian sects say, yeah, they go on Sunday. So a lot of stuff will fall on Saturdays or Friday nights. Yeah, that would totally make it hard. It was very hard. And I tried to keep it a secret from my friends outside of the church because I knew they wouldn't understand. and. It was just so deep that I didn't even want to try to explain it to them 
because I would, I thought maybe they would think that I was a freak or that I should just, you know, maybe sneak out or things like that. And another thing with the church is that it's very like guilt driven. And so I felt that even if I, you know, maybe tried to sneak out or tried to do this, that I would go to hell because I disobeyed my parents or I disobeyed what the Bible supposedly said, or I went against Ellen White's writings. And aside from being miserable, I was like guilty all the time too. Why is it that they observe on Saturdays instead of Sundays? It has something, I don't remember exactly. Honestly, I've tried to forget a lot of the hardcore teachings because I know that they're wrong. Um, I know it has something to do with the creation, you know, and then on the seventh day, God rested. And so as his people were supposed to do the same thing. So they took it like the creation as a literal seven days. And so Saturday would be the seventh day. Therefore, you have to rest. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I just always was curious. Yeah. And now what are some ways your life is better since you've left? I feel free. Like I, my, my mental health increased, like it, it, it got so much better. I was severely depressed through high school and parts of college because I just felt so trapped. And one thing about the church is that they're not big on mental health and seeing counselors and therapists and that sort of thing. And so I feel like a lot of people go misdiagnosed or have different issues that they don't realize could be easily treated by just talking to someone. So when I got into college, I opened up to one of the school counselors and told her all about my background and my history. And we were really able to work through a lot of all the mental turmoil that I had going on. And so now I've just kind of tried to put that all behind me. And obviously I cut all ties with the church and people from that church. And definitely, I just feel, I feel super free. I I don't feel guilty about every single thing. I don't feel like if I do one wrong thing that I'm going to go to hell or that I'm going to be judged or treated badly or looked at badly. I feel like I can make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. It's safe. It's just, it's a really, really good feeling. And now since you've left, you feel like you can be more accepting of people than you were when you were in the church? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, the the church, they had a lot of, there's a lot of stigmas for a lot of things. And I never really understood it. Like I always felt, for example, if someone's gay or lesbian or transgender or whatever, like why does it matter what they're doing in their personal life? Like, why does it matter to us? Why should it be such a big deal? It's their life. They're not hurting anybody. So leave them alone. (laughs) But in the church, it wasn't seen like that. But that's how I always felt. So now I feel like, although like I could accept them when I was in the church, I can accept them even more because it's like, why does it matter? Like it shouldn't be a life or death or heaven or hell type of situation. And so I, I just, I feel like I can put myself in other people's shoes a lot more easily and see both sides of things. And it feels really good. And now this is obviously 
most religions don't take this stance, but what is it that makes Seventh-day Adventists not allow drinking for their congregation? I think that might also stem from Ellen White's writings. She had a lot of very interesting things about diet and food all the way down to that, like black pepper is bad for you and coffee is a drug and 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 you get addicted to it. And you shouldn't drink water with your meals because it gives you a sour stomach, whatever, like whatever that means. So I think it just kind of goes in a lot with what she says. And I know there's other churches who don't really condone drinking necessarily. Like they don't want, you know, I feel like they don't tell you not to do it, but obviously it can lead to alcoholism and different things like that. So I can see it, but I feel like it just needs to be a healthy balance, just like anything else. Definitely. Yeah. Muslims, Mormons, and Seventh-day Adventists, like they're the big three that I think of that like, they really, really tell people don't drink like at, at all. So, and yeah, be next Mormon. I, I mean, I'm not going crazy, but I like the adult drinks every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Me too. And it's like once I was able to indulge a little bit like that, at first, obviously, I felt guilty because that's pretty much what the church is, this giant guilt trip. But after a while, I was like, you know, I'm not going crazy. I'm out enjoying time with my friends. Like what? It wasn't a big deal. and. Yeah, it just, it wasn't a big deal at all. And now what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion? Well, the first one I would say definitely do your research. I researched out of the church. I did a lot of Googling, a lot. I even found a lot of things on Reddit. And I just, really researching was what kind of brought me out of it. And seeing things from... 2021 perspective, especially when it comes to things that Ellen White wrote, just stuff that just didn't make any sense. So yeah, definitely research and don't feel pressured to either stay or go. I guess it, it works for some people. Like I know people who are still in the church. If it works for you, it works for you. So don't feel pressured one way or another to stay or go, but it has to be your decision ultimately. And then I guess the third would be, I guess I did two and three in in the same thing. Just do a lot of thinking, like research and thinking for sure, because that's really what I did. And I did a lot of journaling as well. That helped to kind of, and then I would go back and read what I was writing and think about how I was feeling at that time. And that helped me a lot too. And now does your family still go? And if they still go, do you still talk to them? Yes, my mom does still go and she's heavily involved in her Seventh-day Adventist church. I do still talk to her. I'll indulge her when she wants to talk about her church and things that she's done, but I will not go at all because for me it's extremely toxic and I don't even want the slightest thing to pull me back into that. So, as far as going to a church, I've cut all ties completely, but you know, my mom, she's my mom. So, and as long as she doesn't try to force her beliefs on me, which we've had some talks and it's, this is where I draw the line. 
you cannot cross it. This is it. I'm done. Like you have to stop. And so far she's been fairly respectful of that. So that's been good. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? I don't think so. Well, if there's something else you'd like to add today, it was great catching up with you and finding out why you wanted to leave Seventh-day Adventists. And thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Have a great day. You too. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.